Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips, insights to help you skyrocket your own business. Welcome back to the show. I'm humbled and excited to be joined by Sean Finder today. Sean Finder has always had an entrepreneurial spirit. At the age of 24, Sean entered the entrepreneurial world after competing as one of Canada's very top-ranked tennis players. Um, he actually founded Exchange Leads back in 2013, which helps companies build quality lists for outreaching to new prospects. Um, that was followed by his latest venture, AutoClose, in 2017, that combines both sales engagement and list building in an all-in-one platform. Sean, welcome to the show. Lovely to have you. How are you doing? I'm great, Sam. So happy to be here with you today. Awesome, man. So there's plenty we would like to cover today with your good self. We would love to know your story. We'd yep. love to know your business growth and sales tips for all sales professionals, marketing professionals, and business owners listening in and tuning in. Um, but first and foremost, we want to know a bit more about Sean Finder. We'd love to know your story, where you grew up, how you got into the business world ever since leaving school. So it'd be great to learn some of your, your key business roles up to founding AutoClose and the lessons that you learned along the way, Sean, if you could kindly fill us in. Perfect. So um, I graduated with my MBA in finance um, after, as you mentioned, competing as a tennis player. So what happened was I was playing a lot of tennis. I was playing tournaments. But when I went to uh, look for a job, um, I only had tennis experience. So I didn't have any real life business experience. So I did my MBA, like I just mentioned, and okay. I got a finance degree. Um, nice. Worked in the finance field for three, four years and realized that um, I think I was a little bit more of an extrovert. And my position was very, um, you know, sit behind the computer desk, you know, punch some numbers, do some reconciliations. So I didn't feel like it was me. Um, got it, okay. And then I'll tell you an interesting story. So I actually went in, for another finance job. And the person that went into the recruiter said, listen, Sean, like, I, I know you've never been in sales, even though I kind of done sales in the past. He's like, you've never been in sales and I have an opportunity, even though you have a finance background, I think you'd be great for this position because you're very outgoing, you know how to network, etc." I'm like, okay, what's it pay? And it paid pretty good. So I actually <laughs> ended up getting out of finance and um, becoming a VP of sales for a nice, company in Toronto. So I, I skipped all the SDR stuff, the cold call. I skipped all that. I went right into VP of sales and managed the team. Came up with my first business idea on the first day of my job because they were giving me four SDRs and four account executives and a list. And the list was just very inaccurate. The numbers were wrong. The emails were inaccurate. And I said, why didn't someone ever produce a high quality list and sell it? And that's how I actually got to exchange lease was by, um, by finding that okay. issue. So how old were you then, Sean, when this, this all was happening? This had to be, I would say, mid to late 20s. Okay. So was I'm this still, after your tennis career, right? Yeah. So what happened was at the end of the tennis career, you have to decide, do you want to go pro or do you want to go the education route? I decided to go do my MBA because at that point, there was never a Canadian tennis player that made a living off tennis. So I I did that to my late 20s and then started exchange leads probably about 28, 29, even maybe 30. Nice. So you were in a finance job for a little while, but that was mainly kind of sitting in front of a screen, doing kind of those kind of mathematical tasks and things like that. But you, you found it wasn't for you. So someone said about this sales role, 
and you got into being a vice president of sales straight away. Was that how did that happen, was, man? Like you just they did that was the title they gave me. They go, listen, I want you to run the sales team. I'm like, but I like so I kind of <laughs> I've never actually had a real sales role, but I was always like I worked retail. I always had that kind of like entrepreneurial sales personality. Okay, but right, yeah. right into that role and um, and manage the people, and then that's when I came up with my first idea, um, and then. From there, it's been uh, two ideas and about six, seven years later. Got it. Okay. So you, you've had that company exchange leads back in 2013 that you found, founded. And then did you build up the team? How did that, how did that move? What lessons did you learn whilst you were growing that company, Sean, in uh, terms of business, in terms of sales, in terms of marketing? It's a great question. So when I first started that business, <clears throat> the one thing I learned very early on is I started getting these clients. I left my, my six-figure job for literally a $50 subscription. And then I kept working and I kept looking at support questions. We had like only a team at four at that point. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go after a big company. So I went after one of the largest companies here in Canada. And you know, I realized very early on, and this is a good message for your audience, is it's going to take you just as much time and probably more work to close a $50 deal than it was for me to close a $150,000 deal. I spent just as much time doing it. It took me just as long, but the $150,000 deal was actually less of a headache than the $50 deal. So one thing I would say is find your market fit, um, but don't rely, don't say to yourself, oh, I can't get that client or I can't get that client. Cause you can always act like you're a lot bigger than you are. Sure, so true. And what do you mean exactly when you say a $50 client can be just as hard to get as a 150K client? Okay. What do you mean by that, Sean? And talk us through that a bit in a little bit more depth. So our subscription price was $50 and you got a certain amount of contacts with exchange leads. So it was a subscription okay. model. So what happened was we had people signing for the subscription model and they would cancel after a month. But then when I went to one of Canada's largest companies and said, here, listen, we can help you with your data issues. And I went in there twice, spoke to them. They understood it. I ended up getting a $150,000 PO from them for data. And what happened was nice. that was a lot easier than me going out and continuing to try and get those $50 deals. Um, so what I'm saying is don't always think to yourself, okay, you have to grow your business from the ground up and your clients have to be from the ground up. If you can help people that are bigger companies go after and try and tackle them. Got it. So, so you're talking about thinking bigger. So rather than just going for small, um, just single users, go yeah. for the, go for the big, the full bounty. The, uh, go for the home run. Don't go for the singles. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. It makes sense. Okay, cool. So you did that. You picked up some, some good clients and, and stuff. You, you built up a team, did you? Or what, what was happening with that business? Yeah, so we built up. Um, I was kind of doing sales at that point. We had about four of us. Okay. Um, and, it, and then it got to a point where you said, okay, like the data is great. The feedback we were hearing from our clients was we love your data, but we'd love an email platform to email the data because you're only giving us one piece of the puzzle. So what happened was we Got said, it. okay, well, we have, to, we have to not pivot, but we have to expand on our current offering. Um, and that's when we spent a year to develop AutoClose, which is what we built right now, um, which is the email engine for the database. Now, the database is inside AutoClose, but the database is actually Exchange Leads, which is still the data company. Um, so that was a big transition to try and find out how can we get to the next step? Because you kind of, sometimes you kind of get to a point where it's like, okay, we're, we're satisfying our clients. We're in the data field. What do we have to do next? And that's when we thought like a year in advance on what we have to build next to get to that point. So, so you basically evolved the platform based upon your customers' needs. Is that right? Always. We built, we built, 
We built the platform and we still to this day build every product we build from customer feedback. Nice. Okay. And, and what's the main way, or what's the main reasons rather, Sean, behind your success, you think? Is it what kind of outreach platforms have been successful for you or what methods of reaching out to customers to generate new business have you had success with? Great question. So early on, um, you know, people like my salespeople, whoever comes hired me, they call me a pit bull. So I'm, I'm <laughs> one of those guys that kind of, um, I, I get my feet dirty. I get out there um, and literally you have to think what everyone else is doing, the way everybody else is getting their sales, you want to be different. So if everyone's relying on emails, you want to be jumping on LinkedIn. If everyone's relying on cold calling, you want to be relying on emails. So what I did was I went out there and kind of, um, built a personal brand, but also built a personal brand looking like our company was at that point was five times the size we were. Cause when we first started auto clothes, we were just, you know, we were doing, who knows, hundred K in revenue, et cetera. Um, and, and I was acting like we were doing a million dollars. So when I spoke to clients, I would talk the talk, I would add 10 employees to whatever we had to make us look a lot bigger than we were. So that kind of got me to that next level, but to really, really move on and grow as a company, I learned that you have to, A, as an as a entrepreneur or CEO, you have to be involved in everything, but you have to hire the right people. So at that point, when we started to grow revenue, every time we grew revenue, I would invest in more people, grow revenue, invest in more people. And that's how I built the team to what is a, a pretty bigger, well, a lot bigger team today than it was four years ago. Nice, man. And um, yeah, sometimes I like to ask business owners um, that I speak to here on their top tips. We've had some great ones over the last few episodes. Have you got any specific tips on how to hire decent sales staff, Sean? Or any strategies that you recommend? So sales staff is tough. A few strategies. One, don't hire your friends. That's one, don't. Um, (laughs) I did did that early on um, twice. Um, And one time it worked out. One time um, it didn't work out. Um, but hiring salespeople, there's two things I look at and people ask me why I look a, have they ever played a competitive sport? Okay. And B, have they ever worked at a bank? So why those two? Okay. So a, every salesperson's competitive. So anyone you hire that's competitive will be one of the following two. A, they're going to hate to lose or B, they're going to love to win. Both are pretty good for sales. So competitive is what I look for. For example, right now, my, my VP of sales played a sport. My, even my customer success, um, she was a, uh, a basketball player in Serbia. Oh, nice. So okay. Those are, those are two things I look at. Good sport. Now, the next one is bank. Why do I hire people that have been to a bank? Because the bank trains people better than anybody in the world. So now what you're getting is somebody that's already been trained and paid to be trained by somebody else. Now, the bank is tough to find, but bank tellers, anyone that works at a bank goes through a very thorough training process. So I look for people that work at the bank because they've already been trained, and if you get them, they've already been on the cold calls. They've already done the emails. They've already, the, anything you're going to ask them to do, they've already done, and somebody, somebody else paid for them to train it. Because the one lesson I will tell you about sales is, and, I, and this is the, the problem with hiring sales, is you can hire somebody for sales right now, and it's going to take you three months to train them. Within that three months, if they find across the road, somebody's going to pay them $10,000 more, you've now spent so much time training them and they're going to leave you. So hiring salespeople is, is, is tough. So that's why you've got to really do your due diligence up front. 
Really true, really true. I don't want to go in it too much because we covered that quite a lot in last recent episodes, but those are some nice tips. And I certainly agree that the amount of companies that actually train their sales staff is so small, it's unbelievable. Most of the time, it's literally just you get in, it's like, here's a listicle or here's some customers to call, go ahead. Sink, sink or swim. Yeah, pretty much. Get on with it and uh, yep. start hitting targets, start hitting your queer. So cool. Um, and have you got any tips, Sean, for people that are listening or tuning in in terms of starting or growing a business? So if anyone's yep. just started a new business or if anyone's thinking of starting a business, are there any top tips that you can advise on the best ways to go about it and what's helped you? Yeah, I'll tell you one thing that's really helped me, and um, it's, it's, we're all going through this together, this tough time right now, but sure. it's building lean. So I look at a lot of companies, a lot of friends of mine who call me, and their, their companies, their small business are going under, they have to wait for the government to bail them out, et cetera. I've built all my businesses lean, so I'm always ready for something like a pandemic or an economic crisis. What I mean by that is most businesses only hold a few months, one month on cash for your employees. I've decided to grow slowly, but have more money in the bank. So if something like this happens, I can, with, I can withstand the pressure for the next three months. That's one thing. Okay. Um, so building nice. lean is one. Two, hire quick, fire quicker. Okay. So what I mean okay. by that is you hire somebody and they're not the right fit. Don't tell yourself in your head, oh, it's going to work out. They're going to improve. They're going to get better. If they're not the right culture fit when you hire them in that first two weeks, get rid of them right away. Don't wait three, four months to see yourself. Well, they're just, they're just going to, you know, they're going to get better. They're improving. Because if, if you have that first instinct that they're not the right cultural fit, they probably are not the right cultural fit. Okay. Three, as a CEO or entrepreneur, I would say you have to get your feet wet. One thing I find too many entrepreneurs do is, they come into an entrepreneur, they hire, they get investment money, they do whatever they're going to do. And they say, okay, you're going to run my finance, you're going to run my marketing, you're going to run my sales, you're going to run my operations. I still, to this day, with an Elias name, go into support and answer questions. Why? Because I want to know every, a little bit of every little piece of my business. I go into support calls, I go into customer success, I go into operations. So as a CEO and entrepreneur, you have to know your entire business. Don't think because you're the CEO of the company that you can just sit back at your desk and Look at your financial statements every week. You have to get your feet dirty. Get in and know a little bit about everything. Like, I don't know anything about coding and developing, but I can talk the language a little bit. So that's one other thing I would recommend. Is those are, actually, those are the three most important things. Um, obviously, I can keep going, but those are three to five focus. <laughs> no, those, those, those are great. So we had stay lean. We had hire quick, fire quicker. What was the yep. third one again, Sean? The third one is, as a CEO, get yourself involved in everything. That was it. Got it. Don't. You have to wear many hats at the beginning. And, you know, now that we're like, for example, now that I'm in my third year of auto close, I now have people in those positions, but I'm still on those weekly calls with those, what we call team managers. Awesome. All right, Sean. So it'd be cool to learn some highs and lows that you've had along the years with your businesses. So could you talk us through any particular big, awesome, epic moments and any particular low months, moments and how you overcome come those? Okay. So the high moment was that $150,000 deal I got within the first 90, 90 days. And the reason why is, funny enough, that $150,000 deal was what I paid, what I used to pay for Autoclose. So I built uh, okay. my second platform by that plot. Off that deal. Off that deal. One of the Sweet. also reasons is, don't tell the Canadian government, was I didn't want to pay taxes. So I was thinking I can do research and development and build something. But 
Um, that was ideally one of the high moments was taking that money and build my second product. Um, cool. You know, a low moment um, for me, you know, within the company, we haven't had too many low moments, luckily, because I said I built it lean. But one thing that um, where it kind of stung me was uh, it was about a year, it was actually in August of last year. And for the first year as a CEO, I didn't take a salary. Um, and then what happened was we had a great year and like we kept reinvesting our money into hiring people, hiring infrastructure. And then last October, we just had a down month where I've now hired a team where my expenses might be 30, 40, $50,000. And we're only doing, or whatever it is. And we only did 20, 30 in, in reps. So we, we did, took a huge loss that month. And it was the same month I was looking to buy my first house. Um, and in Toronto, real estate was so expensive. It was like, you know, and so I'm looking at a big loss. I'm looking at the house. I'm also looking at, I'm not taking a huge salary to try and get the company off the ground. It's like, how am I going to afford this house? It was like a really awe moment where I said, you know what, it's, it's time where, you know, I got to start paying myself a regular salary. Um, you know, you got to, you got to even not be leaner, but you got to be, make sure you still know that you're going to have ups and downs in revenue. Um, sure. Like so how, like did, how did you overcome that, Sean? How did you turn it around when you saw that revenue was low and that you might not be hitting targets and stuff? I, I made every person in the company accountable. Um, I started building, I built the KPI sheet for the team so that I, because when, when you first start a company, you're just run, run, run. So I built the KPI sheet to make sure I can monitor each department and see where is that bottleneck? Why did we have a bad month? Was it that people were on vacations? Was it we had too many people on vacations at the same time this summer? Was it that our sales team did not deliver? Was it that our marketing team didn't have, so I had to look and see where it was and where that bottleneck was and make sure I spoke to those individuals and then started to double down on that. So it never happened again. And, and luckily it hasn't. Um, and April actually is typically our second worst month of the year. So, um, so, so far this month has been pretty good, but uh, we've started noticing that even if you have eight good months, you could lose all your stuff in one month. So now as an entrepreneur, just, just make sure you, you watch for that when you look at your financials. Yeah, cool. And I think it's great that you took the time to review and analyze everything in terms of if people were on holiday or if they were hitting numbers, if they were doing enough activity and stuff like that. Um, which leads me on to a, a good point, which I've not discussed too much in this show, Sean, about KPIs. Um, now, personally, I'm not a massive fan of them. That said, I know they can be good for, for teams. Um, so any sales managers or business owners listening in, do you think that they're vital in today's world, Sean, especially for sales teams? Do you think KPIs are something that people need to follow, whether that's hitting their cold calling numbers, hitting email numbers, hitting social touch numbers? Are they, are they critical now in today's world? It depends how you use them. I, I never had them until about six months ago. And to be honest, I was, I, I'm one of those guys that in my head, I knew how sales was. I can tell by looking at the books and stuff. But I will tell you a few things KPI does help you with. So we have a KPI call every Monday for 20 minutes. And the reason why it's good is, A, you can find out, are your sales team outperforming their quota? And you can give everyone a quota. Is your support time with people in your support decreasing? Are you having more 14-day trials? How much more money is in the bank versus new money? Um, so the one thing I do think it helps is, if you are ever going to get rid of a salesperson, and you have a KPI, she just says, listen, you're going at 70% the plant. You were supposed to do 25K in new businesses here. You're doing 10K, 10K, 10K in January, March, January, February, March. So it gives you more ammunition. Do I think it's the, the, uh, the all? No. Um, but I like to do it because I can actually see now who is outperforming, who are my strongest performers, 
who are my weaker performers? And then you can dive deep into why are you weak before? Well, I found out my weak performer is because he's not following up. I can go into our CRM and say he's not following up. Where before I, I, I kind of knew he wasn't following up, but now it just, the, the, you know, the proof is in the pudding. It shows you. So I do agree with you. It's not meant for everyone. I think at a smaller company, it's even tougher to do because you're always run, run, run. But it does help you as you continue to grow as a company. Nice. Yeah, and I'd, I'd agree. I think everything has got to be measured. Um, but then I think there needs to be some some areas you've got to be lenient on. But like you say, as, as long as the results are coming in, that's, that's the proof. So it moves, moves us on nicely. So on this show, we'd love to take the angle of digital marketing and what's worked for you, Sean. So are there any particular channels that you've invested in with your businesses that you've had particular success with that you'd recommend to anyone tuning in? Yeah, so there's two channels. Um, obviously, one is our tool, which we, we use for digital marketing. But I would say LinkedIn has been a great tool. Um, okay. We've also, we've, we've tested out retargeting. Um, it didn't give us an R, a complete ROI, but some stuff like G2 Crowd and all these other review sites are very good for digital marketing because people go to those sites, they review their, your competitors. Um, so those are some different things that have helped us. Um, Got it. But, link, but LinkedIn is obviously the number one tool for a reason. Um, every person that's ever going to buy your product, every product you're ever going to buy, every service you're going to buy, every person is on LinkedIn. So you have a pool of people that you can reach out to. Um, and within Sales Navigator, all these other tools that are coming out that are LinkedIn tools, um, they can definitely really be successful to your digital marketing campaigns and your email campaigns. Awesome. Well, everyone knows on this show that we're, we're big lovers of LinkedIn, but I would yeah. like to touch a bit more on the review platforms because that's not something we've got into too much. Okay. So G2, G2 Crowd, yeah. how does a review platform like that help a business, Sean? And how okay. can it add value? So first off, it's been giving us a lot of leads. Um, okay. So we get, we, get, we get emails from G2 Crowd with leads all the time, four, three, four a week that come from them that look at people. We're comparing you to this person. Um, you also, um, you can also now, you know, there's some, if you have, it depends on what plan you have, but you can put videos on there. So it's almost like a resume and people can actually see, um, how your company does and review your data. For example, one thing we got recently was we were named G2, uh, spring leader for 2020. Just Sweet. that name by itself is something that our sales team now use when they talk to people. Well, oh, we're comparing what well, we were, you know, just named G2 leader. So they give you some, some awards as well. But it, at the end of the day, it builds that relationship. It builds that connection with your audience because now if they're not on your website, they're there, they're reading about you. And then when you do email them, you're always in top of mind. So I think it's very important to use review sites, um, Captera, Trustradius, G2. There's a ton of them out there. Nice. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, we're, we're on, on one of them. And like you say, you can, um, it's a great way to, one, build trust, two, portray the services and products that you offer. And yep. th- thirdly, of course, the most important part, drive leads. 100%. So uh, bring, bring you inbound inquiries to help fuel the sales fire. Cool. Okay. So are there any other channels you guys look at in terms of, do you get leads for your website? Do you do any paid ads or any SEO organic work? Or are those the main channels, Sean? Great question. So we, we've actually never done paid ads. Um, we've, done retar- we've run retargeting a bit. I will tell you something that I never, this is why I like to be involved in it. I never knew anything about SEO. Never knew anything about it. We hired an SEO person five months ago, and it's a game changer. Um, Amen. If, if you can find someone that knows SEO, you can do a lot. So she's gotten us on some big posts. We've had, you know, every day we have five, six people asking to be on our blog. We've done cross blogs. We've done keywords. We've helped our website traffic. So um, 
if you're going to bring me on here and talk about SEO, I probably would not, I'd hurt your audience because I don't know much, but I will tell <laughs> no. you, I just see on the KPI sheet, the, what's going on with our, you with see our the leads coming in and you're like, yes. <laughs> and it, uh, so SEO is something that I'm actually looking to, to, to be honest. Um, I reached out funny enough. I actually reached out to my head of marketing last night and said, let's double down on SEO and hire somebody else. So I think SEO nice. is a very, something you have to, you have to focus on. Um, I probably didn't focus enough for my first two, three years, but now I'm all SEO. Nice man. Okay. Yeah. Well, you've, you've helped us out. Everyone tuning in with some, some great channels to, to get involved in if they're not yet on those platforms. So that's fantastic. Um, all right, Sean, are there any particular habits that you follow or that you recommend people follow to be a success when it comes to business? Habits. I'll tell you some things I, I would say if you are an entrepreneur, especially if you're remote, there's certain tools that have, you have to use that I'm always on. For example, okay. Slack. Um, Slack is one of the, the main things for us. It's a habit I'm in. Every morning I wake up, the first thing I go on to, even before I say good morning to my wife, is my Slack. Um, <laughs> and why? Is because is that with Slack, your team? or My team is out in Eastern Europe, so their time change is different. I wake okay. up at 9 in the morning. They've, you know, they're, they're starting our time zone, but I see everything that's being developed, any issues in support, and we have different categories for everything. So I can, I can ideally run a business just through Slack. Um, so that's one of the habits. And, you know, one thing, if you really want to, um, if you really want to grow a business, and this is kind of a habit that I did was never put a time to your day. Don't say you're starting at nine, finishing at five, or you're starting at eight. And you don't have to be one of those entrepreneurs that work 14, 18 hours. You got to do what's best for you because you don't want to burn out. So make sure that your, your habit is like, you, you know, you have a set of goals that you set every day. You go through that list of goals, you accomplish them, you check them off and then your day is over. Um, that's really helped me over the last few years. Cool. So kind of like a to-do list, making Always. sure you hit those tasks, not necessarily I, sticking to nine to five, but as long as you get this, these jobs done, then that's, yeah. that's the day complete. And nice. one of the tools I actually started using my develop, uh, it's called Trello. So my yeah, team, love that tool. Love that tool, man. My team uses Trello. I actually created my own Trello board and I actually have my own Trello board. For example, if I have to sign a contract, everything is in a, in a category. I can go there instead of having to remembering everything. It's all right there. So Trello has been a Dude. good, Tool I started recently too. Oh, I've got an absolute terrible memory, and my fiance will vouch for that. So Trello is <laughs> very, very good with us because we we pretty much put all of our digital projects on there. So if it's websites, if it's digital yeah. marketing, and that way I, I know exactly what's going on. I don't have to remember it, which uh, helps for everyone. Cool, dude. Okay, well we've covered some great ground. Um, everyone, you've been listening to Sam's Business Growth Show, where we sit down with business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from across the globe. We learn their story how digital marketing has helped along the way and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your business. So Sean, I'd like to ask everyone that comes on, if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive for having a positive influence on yourself and your career, who would that be and why? If I had to name one person, his name would be uh, Louis Waxberg. And he was the father of the first CEO I ever had. And the reason why is I worked every day with him for two years and everything I know about business negotiation even almost more than I learned to my MBA, I learned working with that man for two years. Um, and that's why I think I've become, uh, I hope, a successful uh, CEO um, since taking all his knowledge and, and, and putting it into my own, uh, my own businesses. Fantastic, man. Excellent. And um, tell us a bit more about your business, Sean. Tell us the best way people can, can connect with yourself and how they can get in touch with you and your company. Perfect. So AutoClose is a sales engagement tool with a built-in B2B database. Therefore, you have the email and the data all in one for your prospecting to help you fill the top of the sales funnel. Um, 
best way to get a hold of me, I'm always on LinkedIn. Um, so feel free to follow me on LinkedIn or connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, you can also email me if you have any questions about my story at Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at autoclose with a K dot com. Um, and uh, I'm not going to provide you my phone number, but you have my email, my LinkedIn, and that will be enough information uh, for you guys to get a hold of me. And I always reply to everyone. So feel free to ask me anything. Great stuff. So the show is sponsored by webchoiceuk.com, helping businesses skyrocket their sales, leads, and brand positioning with SEO, results-driven digital marketing, conversion-focused websites, and mobile apps. That's webchoiceuk.com. Sean, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Sam, thank you so much for having me. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales, and business growth tips from the experts.